Welcome to Elixir Outlaws, the hallway track of the Elixir community. I was trolling. I was trolling Amos, and then realized you're actually. I'm really actually making it hard for other people. Sorry about that. My bad. That's sorry. That is a hundred percent. I own that one. I feel like it's important to take responsibility for your <laughs> for your actions. Uh, that doesn't change I'll, anything. I'll never do it again. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> Don't make promises you can't keep. I mean, it's one thing to make a promise that you can't keep. It's another thing to make a promise that you're just going to blatantly not keep. <laughs> I'm not sure which of those is worse. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the latter is worse. Is it? Assuming the first one is unintentional. It's still bad. I mean, the a- outcome matters, right? More than the intent. So maybe they're the same. Mm, mm-hmm. This is some real trolley problem <laughs> type nonsense. I don't know if if you intend <laughs> not to keep your promise. That's a little far that's beyond, true. I think. What if you bad. promise to never donate to charity again, though? Amos. That's... That's brilliant. That's a brilliant move right there. <laughs> Wait, I don't get it. I missed so, something. That, and then you that break way, your you promise because you donate to charity again. Uh, you, you get the random phone call and you're like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, no, I can't donate to your charity. I've I've made myself a promise yeah. to never donate to charity Let's again. just say, for instance, Heifer International calls you again oh, God. for the, for the second time the uh, in a week. Because you give money to them every year and they're like, do you want to give us more money? And I'm like, I'm going to give you money. I promise. And then you don't. Or you do. Or they call you so many times that they're so annoyed that then you're like, I don't want to give you any money anymore. I will never give you money again. But then you get to the end of the year and you're like, you know what? Just because they call me a bunch of times and annoyed me doesn't mean I should take uh, literal cows out of, you know, out of someone's life. I don't even know what this heifer is. This is a metaphor, uh, Amos. But <laughs> <laughs> you like legitimately About- don't know what heifer international is? No, I never heard of it. Oh, okay, never mind. We can we'll skip on. It's a really it's a cool charity. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Um, anyway, anywho, so Nick's came out. Have I played with that yet? Nope. Have you? Nope. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. Is that, I like. I. I don't know either. I mean, we, sure. we, we maybe we should start there. How do how do we pronounce this thing? Is it a is it a, a, like Niz Nix, Nix? <laughs> Numerical elixir. You can just say it. Yeah, there Numex. you go. Numex. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I haven't had a chance to actually look at it yet. Maybe. I keep saying I'm going uh, to, I, and I keep not. I just read the code. I have not actually run it. I was reading the code behind it to just explore. And it's pretty interesting. It's good Good to read and look through that stuff, I think, sometimes. Yeah. What, was it? what did you find? Um, just how they're, how they're, uh, compiling and, and I guess, I guess it's just like reading the Elixir core code to like the whole, how you build a language in a language and kind of like the, the setup that they have around being able to compile to different backends. I don't have anything like really eye opening. I don't think, (laughs) uh, it, it was just neat to see how that's done because uh-huh. I, I had never thought about how that would be done and and what you could do. It's been a week since I looked at it, so <laughs> maybe I should prepare for this show a little more. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, that wouldn't be our style. No, not at all. Pre- not at preparing. all. Preparing. What is that about? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I yeah, I don't. Keithley really works best on the spot. Yeah, that's not really true. But uh, but yes, and yes, yes, and <laughs> yes, and sometimes sometimes I prepare. Yep. Yes, what does your shirt say? Read it for the listeners at home. It says Catholic. Oh, okay. I couldn't. I only saw. I couldn't see. Just in case you forget. Esta- yeah. Established you thirty-three down, like, AD. Oh, right. That's what I am. I had no idea what shirt I had on. I just like <laughs> grabbed whatever was in my drawer on top this morning. I don't know. Welcome to my Catholic shirt podcast. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I can only see do you half have, of Do you have a lot so of those? Like... You have several. No, just one. Oh, okay. Oh, podcast or shirts? No shirts. Uh, multiple, I have several shirts. Do you have multiple podcasts? Not multiple too? Catholic shirts. Oh, what is even what's even happening right now? Um, <laughs> oh, what, what's our welcome back, Anna? Yeah, it's been a long time. I know, minute. right? Exactly. Sorry, I've been super busy with less fun things. I'm sorry, but it's nice to get to chat with you all again. Have you done any fun things though since last time we spoke? Um, when was the last time we spoke? Jeez, no. That was recorded. It was a long time ago. Months. Probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. um, I've been, yeah, nothing that's, I mean, nothing super crazy. Been hanging out in the mountains. Some snow. Some skiing. Nice. That's about it. Pandemic life continues. We're a year in now, so, you know. Yeah. Basically, it's, uh, it's quieting down here for... Finally. It's quieting oh, really? down. I mean, it's, we, it's quieting down everywhere, let's be clear. But it's like... That's true. But yes. it's all still, you know... Not, it, that's a, not that, quiet. Well, but like, you know, you're talking about some interesting scales, right? You know, it's like, just because you're, you're dipping, like, doesn't mean you're not at the top of the scale still. Right? Does that make sense? I don't know. I just know we're at lower rates than last July, which is awesome. Well, yeah. That's I awesome. Mean, the oh, anyway, we don't need to talk about this, but yes, things you know. I mean, it's getting, going down everywhere. People are yes. getting vaccinated. It's awesome. It's great. My dad got vaccinated. Yay! Who got vaccinated? Oh, good for him. My dad. Oh. Like Andrew's mom's vaccinated now, and it's yeah. Great, my parents you know. are now vaccinated, so that's great. Yeah. So it's good. It's oh. good. Get vaccinated, y'all. Then we can get back together. Again. Yeah, that way we in can person. all go to a lecture conference. When do y'all think the conferences are going to start happening in person? Next year, twenty twenty two. I don't know. I mean, it, there might because be, it's twenty twenty one now. I think there might be. I think next year's for the bulk of it, right? But there might be yeah. some stragglers at the end of this year. Like Strange Loop is tentatively saying they're going to have an in person conference. Oh, mm-hmm. That's cool because it's in like October typically, right? And you know, if we hit like some amount of. Immunity. Herd immunity, which actually, you know, they're saying we're gonna it's we gonna might. happen ear- yeah. earlier rather than totally. later because probably a lot more people have had it than realize. Right. And also the Johnson and Johnson EUA will make things better. Yeah, there's a there's a there's oh, yeah. a you know, anyway. Look, listen, hope is in the air. Everywhere I look around. I have hope. I have I hope. <laughs> I dare to dream the dreamer's dream. I dream the dream of time gone by when we used to go to conferences. <laughs> like <laughs> 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 I hate conferences Perfect. and I am so excited to go to a conference. <laughs> you don't hate conferences. No, I, here's the thing no. about conferences. That's a lie. They happen, okay, there was a point in time 
where I was going to it. This was back in like C5 era where I was going to a conference. It's a long time ago, Casey. Every month. Oh, me too. Like every but month. I was speaking at a conference almost every month. Right, exactly. And that, oh was, my gosh. that was too much. It was exhausting. That was, was exhausting. draining Especially and exhausting. when you were stupid and trying to do a new talk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every, every month? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I stopped that pretty after a few months. I was like, nope, we're going to reuse some material here because this is too much work. <laughs> we're doing the same one. Yeah, it's too much work. It's, yeah. So what were you going to say? I cut you off. Uh, I actually really enjoy conferences and up until like, you know, day four or five or whatever, especially if like you're doing training. What or, conferences are you going well, to? Well, I mean like okay. by, the time, <laughs> by the time you travel, you got to travel there. So like I said, let's say you're doing a training or you're just showing up early to be able to hang out with your friends, which I've also done. You know, you show up, you fly in or drive in or whatever, and then you chill that night and you got to be around people. And then you do the conference thing for X number of days. You got to be around people. You eat dinners. You got to be around people. And by the end of all that, when I'm heading home, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just want to go home to my bed <laughs> and be in my bed. Like that's so I like I have this weird relationship where I love conferences. But by the time it's over, I'm like, get me done. Get me out of here. Especially because if you are talking, talking is like so emotionally draining for me. Yes. Not mm-hmm. during it, but like. Well, after. The definitely event. after you get like the post gig blues. And you, you know, like your adrenaline starts crashing again. Like, I love giving talks. I love that moment of being on stage, which is, yeah. you know, why I keep doing it. But I mean, let's let's be real. I mean, just being tra- totally transparent here. People don't talk about like speakers don't like to talk about this a whole lot. And it's like all altruistic, <laughs> you know, oh, I just love like sharing knowledge. And it's like, I enjoy that, too. But also there's something really viscerally exciting about it's being fun. on stage. Like, totally. I think it's oh, important yeah. to yeah. acknowledge that, <laughs> like that. That's yeah, fun. No, totally. It's really fun. And I mean, people wouldn't do it if it wasn't. Well, some people, that's true. Not, it's not fun for everybody, but people wouldn't do it if it wasn't fun right. in some way. That first right? 10 seconds is not fun. For I me. like the whole, you know, it actually took me a long time. The last the last talk I gave was, I think, in person was the keynote at Lone Star. And I think that was one of the first times where I was like, oh, I'm actually like, and it's, I think it's normal to have nerves before speaking, but it was the first time where I didn't have a ton of, like, just, I just was like, oh, cool, I'm ready to do this. I'd just done mm-hmm. so many of these things so many times where I finally got to the point where I was like, oh, cool. Like, I just feel really good. Mm-hmm. But it's t- taken, I mean, that might change, right? I had just been doing it a lot for a long time. Um, so it was an interesting moment to just be like, oh, right. This just feels good. I just, I just get up there for that first 10 seconds. I'm like, do I... Did I do I make sure I don't have a booger in my nose? Like, what is wrong with make the sure way I'm standing? Up. Like, yep. yeah, like all, like did did I check my pants? Yeah, yeah, yeah all yeah. of that. I check and, my and, pants. Well, to, <laughs> see, general, no, to see if my fly was zipped. Thing. To see if my fly was zipped. Because <laughs> then you're gonna like, 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 kind of like feel your legs <laughs> and then be like, oh no, my pants. <laughs> and then a little gremlin like runs off the side stage. The red mash like, ha The pants thief strikes again, <laughs> and then like runs <laughs> off with your jeans, <laughs> and like disappears. <laughs> That's not what I meant. Pants goblin again, but <laughs> he was checking for the yeah, the dollar bills that Dave Thomas was trying to. Yeah, there might be money. Yeah, in there. exactly. Yeah, I'm not ever worried about what I'm about to say. Normally, by that point, I've got it all 
figured out. And I'm like, it's either going to be good or bad and whatever. But it's always like, am I up here looking awkward? And is like, you know, is there somebody standing (laughs) up there in the audience that's like, oh my gosh, he's got like, he's got a piece of lettuce stuck between his teeth there (laughs) and just staring at that. Cause I don't know that, that stuff concerns me. It's like a first date. <laughs> when was the last time you were on a first date, Amos? Uh, it's been a long time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't ever want to go on another first date, just, just to be clear. <laughs> and yet you still give talks. That's right. Well, I over, don't want to go on a first again. date because I, 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 I mean, I went on a date last night with my wife. It was fantastic. We had pot pie. I don't worry about whether I have pizza food in my teeth she'll let me know and we'll just move on <laughs> maybe that's where anna is with her speaking now you if you're all comfortable maybe you're just at that point where you're like they'll let me know and know. i'll move on <laughs> i don't know it'll be what it'll be but it's yeah i don't know that might change if i don't do it for a while i've just been doing i was doing a lot of it for a long time where i was like i i feel like i'm at a point now where i'm like i could do it again but I was at t- speaking so much at one point that I was like, I'm tired. I can't do this yeah. for a while. I need to not give any yeah. more talks. It's a lot. I think the more you do um, it, obviously, the better you get, right? As anything. Well, like anything else, right? Like, and if any, and I say this to people all the time who ask me for like speaking advice or whatever, but also like reminding them, like if you see someone give a talk and it's absolutely excellent and super polished, that is definitely not the first time they have given that talk. Right. <laughs> can almost guarantee. <laughs> can almost guarantee you, like. If it is like super, super on it, it can almost guarantee you it's not the first time because it just gets better. Like if you give the same talk multiple times, like it becomes more polished. And probably that. Have, have person- you ever been to a st- stand-up comedy club and and watch somebody fail on a joke horribly? Yes. If somebody gets up there and I they give a perfect routine yeah. and everybody's laughing, same same thing. Right. Yeah. Totally. It's not the first time they've and done it. That. And that's the thing is like the bar. What's the right way to say it? You start at such a low level, right? <laughs> like public speaking is not a is is like you start at kind of everybody. I think just generally starts at a pretty low level in terms of you know you don't have any tricks. You have no you don't have any you don't have your own. Well, and if it's not something you've been I mean. doing for and a so long like time, any right? amount of yeah. practice that you start to gain really like compounds your ability. And I would also say for technical yes. conferences, the bar is so low <laughs> for like delivering a good talk that you you know you know you don't need that much, much practice. But well, it is a thing where you have to get the first bit of practice. You have to get yes. that first thing. But also, for technical talks, like the most interesting technical talks I see people all the time are not about like the tech itself. Yeah. Right. Like mm-hmm. there needs to be something you can pull out of the tech itself. That can still be technical, but there's like a larger idea or something mm-hmm. that makes it interesting. It's not about explaining the thing itself ever, at least not in some, my experience. Some story to attach the idea to. Or some larger idea. Because the story idea. is the memorable yeah. part, mm-hmm. right? And, and like that's... we, I, I think it's in general, like human beings internalize information, remember information, often through some kind of narrative, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so depending on the narrative you provide, right, that's what makes it engaging and interesting and memorable or not. Michael's always to try to get the technology into some kind of not not just a narrative but like a metaphor almost because I I remember those better than than a story about writing some software mm-hmm. is great like that helps me remember what happened but if we can yes, instead exactly. change that to a metaphor about something else it really builds that right, in my exactly. mind. 
same. Yeah, I think almost all my talks try to pull to some larger problem or larger idea. Um, that like is tell like the kind of shape the arc of that shapes as I'm telling giving the talk. All right, favorite talk you've ever given? Um, Who goes first? Content, content-wise, probably the one I gave at Lone Star, the keynote. Um, I think it's important. What was um, that one? That was, was the one a, that I was sick as heck at, so oh, that's I, right. I barely remember it. That was uh, the was, right before lockdown yeah. conference, right? That was the right before lockdown conference. Uh, it was talking about building community, but from the perspective of, like, that a lot of what are the norms or etiquette and how that gets passed down and, like, kind of shifted into, like, well, how do we share that? But when we to do that, we actually need to understand how people think. So it went a little bit into, like, how the human brain works and how people think and then extended really out into, like, the importance of being bringing other people in because we have some big problems to solve in the world. And we can't do that if we don't have you know, a bunch of different perspectives thinking about them. Um, like, and then talked about some of those big, like, you know, water and climate change, etc. Nice. It's a short narrative. It was fun. It was a really fun talk. Um, what about you? Now, I, now I'll go watch it. <laughs> I think you've already seen it. Maybe you don't remember. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> it was so bad. I think my favorite one... Really, it wasn't even technical. It was the the thinking is greater than learning talk um, is the best conference talk that I think I've given. Um, I've actually enjoyed like little workshop things that I've done it at meetup groups more than than the conference talks. But the the thinking is greater than typing, not greater than learning. <laughs> thinking is greater than typing was really my favorite one. It was really hard to prepare for because I think the technical talks are a lot easier for me to prepare for. Cause I kind of know I can go with the flow of whatever the code is and put the narrative with that, where the thinking one, I had to f- completely figure out a flow from scratch. Like I didn't know where I was going to go. I had all these ideas and it was a lot of work and maybe that's why it felt so rewarding is because, because it was so much work that I was able to, to, bring it back. But then the light, the lightning talk that where we met in, in Colorado when I did the, the, but that was just cause I had a Van de Graaff generator that made it. That fun. was cool. So. That was a fun talk. <laughs> How about you, Keithley? What was your favorite talk? My favorite talk uh, that I, my favorite talk that I've given in terms of like the visceral excitement and enjoyment of the delivery of it was my, uh, closing talk at gig city you made me cry in that one <laughs> and that was <laughs> it was the was most fun that i've had speaking i actually don't think that's the technically best talk i've given in the sense of like i actually don't think that's the best presented talk i've ever given i think i thought it was good i think i i think like probably there are, I think I've, I'm trying to think of what I would rate higher than that, but I, there's other talks that I've given where I think I was like more polished and was a, just did a better job of like delivery. Um, uh-huh. But I, but I enjoyed that one the most that, for know. me personally, it's not like the best given talk I've ever given, but it was like my, easily my, my favorite. If that makes any sense. Yeah, that's fair. Like I've, I've, I've re I rewatched it and I like kind of like, looked over it a lot more with like a much finer, like sort of a critical eye. And uh-huh. was like, yeah, there's a lot of mistakes like in this talk. 
I hate, I do that too, and I hate doing Where I think it. there's talks where I, where I delivered them and felt like there was m- many worse delivery mistakes. But yeah, but that's but that's fair. but it doesn't matter. That's still like my favorite experience wise. And it's like yeah. the, the time I felt the most connected to like to an audience as well. Um, uh-huh. And so like that still holds a very like important special place for me. And it's like not a talk I'll probably ever deliver again. It's like that was like probably it's like a one shot, like, you know, not going to reuse it. So, well, I think if anybody hasn't seen that talk, they should go watch it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really fantastic. Good. Whether it's whether you're a technical person or not, um, although most people, I don't <laughs> there's probably only technical people listening to this. But yeah, uh, I've, I've told people to go watch that talk by you. It's Thanks. really good. I felt connected during your talk, like the whole time. I also knew yeah, you, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. so that, that yeah. helps. <laughs> yeah, like going back and watching talks. I hate that, I, but it's important. I, uh, yeah, hate I hate it too, yeah. but I don't know. That one was, those are hard. What, what about your, uh, what about the worst conference talk you think you've ever given when you go back oh, and look at Oh, man, that? the worst? Oh, man. Oh, that's a hard, that's like a toss up between like 10 things. I don't know. Every other yeah, talk. Yeah, seriously. There's <laughs> so like, many moments where I feel like it did not go well. My my first one, you couldn't read the slides. I had I had some real bad ones in my early, you know, when I was just getting started with this stuff. Like Me I had too. Some real. I think I remember we gave a talk at a meetup where I got super nervous. Yeah, it was bad. Um, which is a reminder to people who are starting out speaking, like you don't start out. It's, you just, it just yeah. takes practice. Yeah, absolutely. It, well, and being critical with yourself and just saying, like, that was bad. Yeah. Like, that was not good. Okay. Yeah. So the worst talk I ever gave was at CodeMash uh, in Ohio, which is a conference, a giant, giant enterprise-y conference in Ohio. It takes place at a, at a indoor water park hotel. And, like, it's this massive sprawling thing, and it's in the winter. So you can't go outside anyway because it's freezing, freezing cold and there's snow everywhere. But there's an indoor water park that people come to in like Sandusky, Ohio. And so it takes a long time just wow. to even get out to this place. Like you got to land and then drive out there and all this this sort of stuff. And it's this massive thing. And it's a very weird visceral experience because, you know, it's like you go to like one night, they like rent out the entire water park for the attendees and such. And you so you're like cruising down the lazy river with like you know, people trying to pitch you on using IBM Watson. (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) it's a lot of that. (laughs) And like business insider intelligence type stuff. Uh, It's a real, it's a real head trip. So anyway, I was, and there are multiple eateries uh, inside of this place. There's multiple little restaurants inside of here. And I was, I had given a really bad talk, like a really, really bad talk. Like, just didn't go the way I wanted. I hated it. It was like, I left feeling just totally, like, demolished. And so I went and I, like, like was just going to, like, shame eat, like, <laughs> in this bar. Because, like, I was like, <laughs> oh, I, no. I feel, I just, like, I don't deserve to go have dinner. So I was like, I just ordered a plate of nachos. I was like, this is just be my dinner now. I'm just going to eat my feelings. Uh, and they brought out... The soggiest, grossest <laughs> chips with, like, cold shredded cheese on top of it. <laughs> and, like, oh. the most wilted white, like, just a tinge of green lettuce. And, like, clearly, you know, just, like, ground beef that they had, like, kind of tossed onto this thing on his plate. And, like, some that was it. That was, like, the sum total of nachos. 
And I looked down at it and my friends were sitting there and like, they were like, it's not that bad, Chris. And they looked at the nachos and like, please don't do this. It really, the talk wasn't that bad. <laughs> and I looked at the nachos. Eat something and better. I said, this is what I deserve. And I ate that entire plate of shame, of shame nachos. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Did no, you feel I okay did not. After? <laughs> <It's> so gross. <laughs> but then, but but every time we went back to Codemash for uh, different, uh, so that was the thing. Is like if you gave a bad talk, you were required then to go order shame nachos. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. It was really not good. <laughs> That's a weird conference. I mean, you, no, you did that to yourself. Both the talk and the nachos <laughs> were my fault. I mean, the talk happened. Nachos weren't necessary. This is the thing, though. Is like yeah. I think there is a part, right? Like that's part of getting better at talks is realizing when a talk is going poorly, and like yes. course correcting. Yes. Like the first. Yes. Sometimes no, you yeah. can't, though. Sometimes it's Sometimes just off you, the rails. Yeah, you just you're you doing can't. everything you can to control the thing, right? And like that's a big part of it, right? Is like the, the initially when you get started, it's basically just, you know, like you're just like thrown from a car. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just like you wake up eventually like, I don't know what just happened. But like, uh, you know, eventually it starts to slow down and you can start to gauge how the audience is reacting and you can start to try totally. to course correct or like punch through some things faster or like slow down if you feel like they're getting lost or, you know, I don't know, turn up the jokes more or whatever it is pick a different person in the audience to to look at i usually oh, yeah. pick like w- one person that I'm, I'm i mean i'm not going to look at them the whole time but i look to them mm-hmm. for reactions because it's easier for me to focus on like one person and how they're yeah. they're gauging and actually the thinking is greater than typing talk there was a guy that i picked in the front row then he started solving like an on-call issue with his laptop or something like that no he wasn't on a laptop okay. that's why i picked him I was like, this is going to be perfect because he's, he's paying attention. He has a notebook and he's like looking at me and he had mm, no expression to the entire yeah. talk. And I even, he was sitting there. Um, I, I assume he's an academic and if he's listening to this, Hey, there, there are no hard feelings. And it actually, I think drove me to push the talk a little better. So thank you. But he was sitting there with socks from a papers mm, we love conference. Mm-hmm from the last strange loop. And I mentioned them. I was like, I I had to ask a question. I was like, I know, you know, the answer you got the papers. We love socks on, like just hoping to get something out of him at that point. I was just grasping. No, no change. Like, like maybe he didn't realize he had those socks on or didn't remember where they were from or really just didn't care about the talk. I have no idea, but that was so hard. But I think it drove me to, to try to make the talk mm-hmm. better while I was up there. But sometimes that, that fails mm-hmm. horribly. Like, and you can have a great talk and just because who you're looking at doesn't respond, oh, yeah. doesn't mean your talk's not good. No, or try to find somebody else who gives you the feedback that, you know, who gets, who's giving you more feedback. Um, yeah. I mean, and you don't want to, like I said, you don't want to pick that- like guy who is solving an on-call issue on his laptop in the front row. You don't want to, you don't want to pick, <laughs> I mean, you don't want to pick, clearly. uh, well, actually, question, answer, asking guy, you know, you don't want to, you, you, well, yeah, well, actually, yeah, you don't want to, yeah, the, the comments, the comment disguised as a question guy. You also don't want to pick the, the guy, the guy who's answering someone else's question for you guy, you know, that that one who's like, well, I don't actually, (laughs) well, actually just to respond to what he said, 
you know, if it turns out uh, the beam at a low level is, you know, and it's like that kind of thing. Uh, you don't want that. You don't <laughs> want that guy either. You don't want sarcastic laughing guy. Or, yeah, that's true. Oh, my God. So, or Dave you, and Joe get that also, Yeah, you want to avoid so that fun. if at all possible. Oh, that's, that's always fun. <laughs> I would say. How do, um, how do you, so how do you come back in the middle of a talk, like, whenever you think it's going off the rails? Uh, I think you have to get the audience it's, back on. I mean, first of all, you have to do it a lot, right? Like, you just have to get used to it. That, like, yeah. I have had catastrophic failures in the middle of talks that I feel like I have salvaged. Oh, me too. That I did not recover. Well, I have had, and the opposite, right? I mean, I've also had a catastrophic failures that I tried to yeah. salvage. And yeah, 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 yeah. Right. It goes, uh, you you have to do it a lot and then realize you need like 30 backups, you know, of like ways to get yourself out of that situation. Eventually you put enough of that stuff in your toolkit too. Well, and you also get a better sense of the audience, right? Like sometimes it's like talk is fine. The audience isn't with you for whatever reason. You have to figure out how to adjust, right? Like why the audience isn't with you. It's not like necessarily like the information, but like something about the Mm -hmm. delivery isn't hitting, right? With another audience, it would be good, but this audience, it's not working. And so like you have to, and that gets through experience too, right? Figuring out how to gauge the audience and like shift, shift um, whether it needs to be, whether you need to bring some more energy to it, whether you need to slow down a little bit, whether you're not to change the narrative slightly on the fly, which is hard but doable. I mean, you just experience a lot of stuff. Um, Are they lo- lost well, or like, bored? I had, I had uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've had my laptop like crash in the middle. In the like, this time. you know, I've had keynote. I've had That's keynote still crash a really good and talk. have to recover keynote. I've like my oh. norm talk, which I actually Same. still feel like was a reasonable talk. I had the wrong slides for like the first half of it and realized it like as I was looking at it, I was like, <laughs> oh, crap. These are my other slides that I use at a different conference. I need to like stop. And I hope that I can nice. get I hope that I have the other ones saved because I don't know how I'm going to salvage this if not. And then you just and then you just figure, you, you know, and I was like, how do, can I just keep going and like and just make it work and realize like nope i can't so i just like stopped and closed it and found the other slides and reopened it and you you know when those things go wrong it's it's easy to like beat yourself up even when it's not your problem like the keynote crashing it's like oh crap yeah those are arguably the easiest right is because because the the audience is on your side yeah it's totally behind you you got it dude you can you can make it happen we believe in you i i was at I was a meetup in there. Uh, the projector started smoking. Oh shit! <laughs> and we were in like it was not like a meetup like where you're just like all around mm-hmm. some tables. It oh, was no. in a theater because the place where we normally w- w- met it was in the same building, but was had a had something going on. So they put us in this theater, and. I just turned my laptop around and set it on the end of the stage <laughs> and was like, get close and kept talking. And it, it turned out really well. Like people were super excited. I, I think I got more, I don't know, like the laughter increased at that point, like people's engagement increased. And I think it's because the people who wouldn't normally be engaged just felt bad for me and like wanted to, <laughs> wanted to make it okay. But that, that was terrifying as like they're not gonna be able to see any of these slides and i'm i have to try to convey this message with just my voice and that was hard i don't know i've been heckled before like to the point where like i had to stop the talk oh crap like dude just like stood up front row i was giving a talk probably actually the largest audience i've ever had ever 
was about Git, like quote unquote advanced Git, which was basically just here's what the ref log is. It was like the whole talk, <laughs> uh, and mm-hmm. uh, added like an enterprise conference. And dude in the front row, I was explaining some workflow thing, and he just like stood up and was like, "This is wrong." He was so upset about what I was proposing. I think because he's like an agile consultant, and I was like, "Yeah, GitFlow's kind of just a waste of time for for most like non shrink wrapped software delivery." And uh, he was like, well, "This is just wrong," and like stood up in the middle of it. So that's probably the worst. That's actually that that arguably is way worse than your than keynote crashing. What yes. What did you do? I okay, so yeah, so it's interesting. Like I stopped, and as is my way, I was like, okay, I, I like I'm, I like bit back the immediate, like just biting, like harsh criticism, harsh critique, <laughs> harsh rebuke for this person, and was like, okay, let's let's play this out. So I was like, what would you? What do you? Go ahead. What do you? What do you mean? What's wrong? And he began to like explain this whole thing, and I like was like, mm hmm, mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And just sort of like listen to him, like genuinely listen to him. And I was like, so this is an example. If it's okay with you, I'm going to go ahead and finish the talk. And then you and I can talk about this afterwards. And my delivery of it was such that like it cut the tension. Cause all of a sudden the audience is like, what is happening? Like, why is there a dude in the front row standing up? And it gets the audience back on your side again. Cause all of a sudden, you know, it's like you're asking this one person permission to like continue your talk, which ostensibly you're the expert on because you're on stage. <laughs> like, right. Like that's the presumption. And so like it, it undermines that whole thing. And he like sat down and then just left afterwards. He didn't come talk to me, but like the audience sort of relaxed at that point and was, and was fine and like just kind of carried on. So it's like just being calm and like sort of like undercutting it a little bit and not trying to like, just, you know, mm-hmm. be like, uh, you need to leave or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it was fine. I mean, however you handle it, right? It's just like protecting the rest of the audience in a way. Yeah, you're like, defending their like, time as well. Like they're not showing up. That's this is a big reason why I don't mm-hmm. do Q and A afterwards. Is my, I I don't feel like the audience shows up to do Q and A, right? I don't feel like the audience shows up to no. to listen to a bunch of like questions and and like opinions and stuff like that. I agree. And hearing yeah, people like, hear I don't, themselves talk. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, that's why I just don't do it. I figured like if there is a conversation that's going to be had, like that'll happen afterwards and like, that'll be way more rewarding. People can come yeah. talk to you afterwards. So. Exactly. Exactly. For, I feel, for everybody. I feel, I feel the same. So that's why I don't do it. Way. And I think in, in, in the same way, it's like, I think that there's a certain amount of like valuing the audience's time. Right. Totally. I agree. And at the end of the day, like you have to, you are valuing their time. Like what's sorry, I say it. The audience, an audience member showing up to your talk is like a big deal. Like they're choosing to give you an hour yeah. of their time, which is like actually non-trivially expensive exactly. given like the cost of a conference and flight and hotel and whatever else. You know what I mean? Oh, what they're choosing so to spend like, their I time think it's doing. a little exactly. bit incumbent upon speakers to like um, be really prepared. Like I get really, really, really annoyed. I agree. When I speakers really are mad. like, oh, I just like threw these Me slides too. together. <laughs> and I'm like, that's really disrespectful. Like, last minute on the plane, I'm like, yeah, to all the people that yeah. are gonna like these do people their are time. showing up to see your talk, yeah. and I get that. Like, I get the, I the other side of that, which is like these speakers aren't getting paid by and large, and like it's you know it's a ton of work, and I, I totally get that it's side true. of it too. But at the same time, like, if these people are showing up, like, I don't know, like treat that 
time with like some respect. Like their time, like they're spending way more time That's in aggregate than you're spending on preparing it. Right. If you have a reasonable size audience. Yes. So like if you have a hundred people in the audience, no, they're totally. all basically giving you, let's call it 30 minutes of their time. Right. Like that's probably as much time as you prepped on it. So I don't know. It's a big deal. You should, you should not just not, don't just throw a bunch of crap together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some of those people in that audience are paying for it on their own too. Exactly. Parents. Like not everyone has it paid for and that's their own. Yeah. Especially if they're paying for it on their own, like their own resources, their own time. Um, and the audience genuinely wants to get something out of it. Right. And mm-hmm. so like when it's a waste, it's, it's like such a, I'm always like so frustrated when like, I feel like a talk was just a total waste of time because the presenter is not prepared. Uh, yeah. When was the last time you went into one of the talks just because you didn't have any other talks to go to? Like, <laughs> I'll sit out in the hallway. If I'm in your talk, it's because exactly. I, or I want to, to get yeah, exactly. exactly. I want to get something out of it. Or I want to get something out, something out of it. Something about it seems interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm like talking to my friends in the hallway. Or I just really want to clap for you mm-hmm. because yeah. I, I like the yeah. person a lot. I'll, I, 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 yeah, I will I do a lot say of that I go to those talks sometimes. You know what I mean? Like for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Which I don't think it's not a it's not a yes. that's not saying anything about that person, right? And like most of the time, those people are really good at giving right. talks. But I also, if it's like between solidarity and something else, like I'll almost always choose solidarity, so I can watch the talk later. Mm-hmm. That's true. A lot of them are recorded. That actually makes me think of the best piece of advice I ever got on a talk on giving talks, and it came from Keithley. So yeah, take this with it's a probably print. terrible <laughs> advice. <laughs> It's like it's probably for no, it's fantastic. It's worth well, you, you talked you talked about going. It might have been I, who knows. You talk about going and having solidarity, right? Like going to a talk to support somebody, but finding somebody in the room to be that a uh, uh, solidarity person. Like you told me to go introduce myself oh, right. to somebody yeah. in the front. Yeah, that's row one of my that's one of my secret. Starts. That's one of my secret weapon yeah. and things. Like that's like I deploy basically every uh, talk. I just, it was super powerful. It was amazing. Like it, I knew other people in the front row and everything. So I knew I already had some support, but I found somebody I didn't know. I forcibly introduced myself, which is, uh, as X as uh, yeah, right. Right. Like right before, while everybody's coming in, you know, the people who came in early and I, I, uh, which is, I'm very extroverted, but it's still hard for me to walk up to somebody that I have no connection with and just introduce myself and I just walked up and introduced myself and for the rest of that talk I felt like like this person is more for me than even like Mm -hmm. my friends that came in to support me like I felt like that person was way more engaged than anybody else and it it was amazing yeah except for and let's let's be clear too like (laughs) you know you're in our circle and and you in your circle you know you yourself Amos have a little bit of uh let's let's call it brand recognition like people like people know people know you <laughs> you know and like poor people when they're showing up <laughs> if it's like you know somebody who's showing up to the conference to some degree they they know who you are probably at least to a little bit right so at, a, at an elixir conference right and so introducing yeah. yourself sort of breaks that barrier down too of like oh this is just like a human being totally yeah and human like being. that's mm-hmm. and, and and that's really cool you know, to like start to like forge those relationships. 
I agree. And it also helps, it, it, it helps stuff like from a community building perspective, right? Like to Keith Lee's point, like helps people feel yeah, it's like, more welcome and included, right? Especially if they're not somebody yeah. who knows. It's an extension of the, the whole, conference. like, um, what is it? Pac-Man shaped groups or whatever that, that phrase is or whatever. Oh yeah. 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 The C-shaped. C-shaped. Like, groups. Yeah. Leave space. To, leave and that's space part of it. It's like, you're, you know, you're sending yeah. a little bit of a like, Hey, you know, like, Hey, welcome to the like, Welcome to the club or whatever. Which is cool. And uh, and also yeah. is a total trick to get people on your side so that you have support that you can like look down on and find that person and be like, that person, I, if no one else likes your talk, that person will still like your talk. This will support you. I was going to talk at a, um, at a meetup group shortly after you gave me this advice the first time. And I, there was another person who was going to be speaking mm-hmm. at the same meetup after me. And I knew that. And I also had been told by somebody else there mm-hmm. that they were brand new to speaking and were super nervous. So that's who I picked to introduce myself to. And I told him, I was like, I'm nervous as hell. Just, you know, uh, so could you like, like, I'm just going to watch you and you tell me like mm-hmm. it, it, thumbs up, thumbs down. Every time I looked at him, he would put his thumb up or like sideways. He go. never put it down. <laughs> but after that, he like, told me like that made him feel a lot better about him being nervous i mean and that's the thing like you know you want it like yeah every look i i've done a lot of talks and i still get nervous i get like it's a little bit more nervous energy like i'm excited but like you know but before that like gig city talk like i was like legit nervous ran upstairs to the car and five office and then vibed some liquid courage and then ran back downstairs again (laughs) Try to stay loose. <laughs> what 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 makes what makes you um, nervous about a talk? I don't know. You're about to be up in front of a lot of people saying words and they're going to listen to you. Hopefully. I don't know. I think that I think like that's just a human thing, right? Like, don't don't most people think public speaking it, like not. This is not me asking rhetorically. I'm like literally asking, like, isn't it statistically like most people like if you're at a funeral, most people would rather be in the coffin than giving the eulogy <laughs> like Public speaking is like the number one fear and death is the second one. Yeah, <laughs> like, most people, a lot of people are afraid like of Everybody's afraid public of public speaking. speaking. But I, I didn't know if there would like be a specific part that you would be like, is there one thing that uh, really makes you nervous about it? Or is it just like no, the just, whole process? I think the no, like I really want to do well on my on my talks. And so and, and to some degree, you know, that might be your one shot to like give that talk, right? And there's that aspect of it, of being nervous about it for those reasons of like, I, I really want this one talk to go really well because this one's important to me. That sort of thing. I, I don't know. I, and I think just nervous energy. Like I'm, I get excited. Like I get excited to go up there and that translates into sort of like nervousness and a lot of, you know, jitters and that sort of stuff. Did I drink too much coffee? <laughs> That's always me. It's too much coffee. How about you, Anna? What, what, is there anything in particular that makes you nervous, anxious, nervous? Nervous um, might not be the right word. I don't know. That's a good question. I think I actually tend to sometimes I, yeah, that's a good question. Um, if I am not, if I have to, if I have to talk about something that I'm not, don't understand as well as I want to, or if I have to talk about something that like, yeah, that it, that has a level of complexity that I don't feel fully comfortable with, then I'm a little bit nervous um, because I don't have a uh, complete of a grasp as I would like, um, which has happened. 
So then I get nervous because I'm like, oh, I don't feel as comfortable as I would like to feel with the material. Did it um, turn out okay? Yeah, it's usually fine, but um, there's a level of, I mean, like, I think the more, the, the deeper the level of comfort I have with the material, usually the easier it is to deliver. Um, if you're speaking about things that uh, are complicated that you don't have a deep level of comfort with, at least for me, then I think it's, um, there's definitely more nerves about delivery and complexity. Um, how about you? I kind of have two things that make me nervous. Uh, one is any like planned jokes that I put in. Like I'm afraid that they're just not like they're going to miss. And, and those, when I get people to laugh, that helps me actually move forward. So I'm always afraid that what if I say one and they don't laugh? Like, how am I going to recover from that? But really, the bigger one is I don't think I'm a great storyteller. And so when I try to put that story arc into my talk, I'm always afraid that people aren't going to connect with the story part or the metaphor part that I'm trying to link the the technical part to. And I tried one time just to remove that and just have like a straight technical talk. It was terrible, terrible, terrible. I will never do that again. Uh, that was the the only time that nobody connected with anything I said. And they were like, I could tell that they were lost the whole time. But yeah, like just figuring out that story arc and like getting up there and thinking, okay, mm-hmm. is this even gonna work? That's hard. Yeah. But totally. I think I think I'm I'm good at reacting to people. So even when they're not getting it, I I'm I think I'm all right at changing it. Maybe I'm just not good at planning a story. I don't know. But I still feel like a terrible storyteller. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think that's a thing that you have to learn, right? That's a thing. That's a skill and how to construct it such that it all sort of mm-hmm. makes sense and flows well. That's hard. That's a thing you got to practice. Totally. It is hard. It is really hard. I mean, again, it's all practice. Like, I don't think public speaking is a, um, it is yeah. a very much a learned skill, right? It is not inherent in any way. And so for folks out there that want to do it but are nervous or think they're going to be bad. Like it is very much a learned skill. And the speakers that you see that are really good have done it a lot. Nobody gets up there and is perfect day one, especially as adults, right? Like I did a lot of theater stuff as a kid and you put like four-year-olds on stage, like they're cute. They could do whatever. Mm-hmm. But as an adult, you don't really have the same <laughs> level of, um, yeah, yeah, I did passion from the audience. I did m- musicals and stuff in high school and, I don't know. It's, I think it's very different when you're up on stage alone and trying to talk versus being a character in a large yes. group of other characters. You can kind of hide behind that character when you're up there by yourself. It's you mm-hmm. for better or worse, <laughs> which I think might be also a reason why people like public speaking is so, I don't know, people, so many people are afraid of public speaking, right? It's because it is you and there's a level of vulnerability there and everyone's worried about how they're going to be judged because it's Mm -hmm. them, right? They're not hiding behind anything. Um, Although arguably, if you can harness that vulnerability in your talk, right? Like a level Mm -hmm. of authenticity, it often makes for a better talk, right? Mm -hmm. But again, another learned, learned skill. Anyway, this was fun to get to chat with y'all again. It's been a minute. Yeah, I missed hanging out with you. Well, I think I'm back now. Um, Yay. Thanks everybody for finding a better time to chat. Um, and I'm excited to chat with y'all at Codebeam next, next week. week. Is that when it's happening? Next week. Yeah, this will come. This will come out 
probably during Codebeam. I don't think no, that we're ahead we in not. recordings <laughs> at all. Okay. So this this should come out during Codebeam. Okay, so if you're um, at Codebeam and you listen to this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah why don't you get back to the talks? And, <laughs> and, you know, come hang out with us. Uh, all right, right y'all. Well, this was fun, Sounds but good. I got to jump. Um, all right. I'll talk sounds to you great. Later. Thanks, Hannah. Right. See Bye. you all. Bye.